Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is on the phone lines with me. Check out all of our stories at themichiganinsider.com, 247sports.com slash Michigan. And lots of lots going on in football and basketball. Not going to be a ton of recruiting in this episode. I think we might have one half of a question about recruiting, but lots of football. Michigan, number four in the country, about to travel to Ohio State, who I presume will be ranked ninth in the latest college football playoff rankings unless they get leapfrogged by Central Florida. Uh, but they're going to be a top 10 team. And so here we go. I mean, this is, this is you know, entering the season. You're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, what would count as a successful season for Michigan? You're probably thinking, eh, win just about every one of their games, maybe one, zero or one losses, and then they go into Ohio State with everything on the line. I mean, that was a, that was a realistic ceiling, I would almost say. And, and obviously, they could have beaten Notre Dame to be better than they are right now, but I... Can't ask for much more if you're a Michigan fan, in my opinion. You know, especially given that, you know, what they the the deficiencies they appeared to have entering the year at the on the offensive line, uh, the deficiencies they appeared to have in the passing game. So this is a best case scenario. Should be a really, really fun game. And let's let's start with the the smack talk. We got a question talking about the Karan Higdon, Mike Weber thing. For those that don't know, Karan Higdon was literally asked. Would you go as far as your coach Jim Harbaugh did and guarantee Michigan to beat Ohio State? Uh, he said, "Yeah." <laughs> it was kind of, but it turned into this big thing. Uh, uh, Mike Weber quote tweeted him falsely, quoting him saying, uh, "I guarantee we'll beat o- beat Ohio State." Uh, Karan Higdon did not say that, but he did. He did agree with the guarantee principle. Uh, so, Steve, the smack talk, the Karan Higdon mess. You know, I I wrote a I wrote a sort of opinionated story this morning, not quite a column, talking about how whether it was a guarantee or not, you can tell you could tell on Monday Michigan was confident. You could tell that they feel that this is a a different kind of game than it maybe was in the past. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts on on the guarantee. Uh, it feels like to me blown out of proportion. Uh, feels like feels like the fans. No, no, no way, really. No, I'm kidding. Like, no way, it was blown out of proportion. You're but, kidding me. But uh, yeah, I think it almost seems like, and I think I wrote about this in my story. It's like it almost seems like the fans want the sound bites more than the players do. Uh, but mm. you you have ears to the ground about Ohio State. I mean, are they are they reading it as this like big affront thing that's that's going to motivate know. them? Dude, if they weren't motivated enough for this game to begin That's with, then you know it's like, come on, they're both ten and one. This is for the Big East, or the Big Ten East championship. This is for a berth to for whichever team is in will be a heavy favorite over Northwestern to win the Big Ten right. championship. Uh, as average, I guess. As it's it's funny to say that Ohio State has looked average, even though they're ten and one. But really, though, they've looked very average in a lot of these games against inferior opponents. But even with all that considered, they're still ten and one. And yeah, they still have a chance to go to the playoff. You know, like I think it's an outside shot, but they still absolutely have a shot. And a win here would boost would boost their resume significantly, obviously. So if they didn't already have enough motivation for this game, I think I don't think Higdon making this half, I guess, just affirmatively answering a question 
uh, is going right. to be like that. And that's the thing is like, you know, I, I guess like, uh, you know, like fans who react negatively to Higdon saying that are just like insecure. It's that whole back to that whole like mental insecure. <laughs> it's like you're insecure because you think that Michigan's chances are now lower of winning the game because a player said something that is inflammatory (laughs) towards the other team. That's your, if, if you reacted negatively to what Higdon said, I guarantee you that's what you're thinking in your head is like, Oh no, Ohio state is going to be really mad on Saturday now. And we know what they're like when they're mad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we just know what they're like when they're talented. (laughs) Right. And that's, so that's, uh, you know, they should, uh, any fan who reacted negatively should get do more, say less tattooed on their body. Right. Yeah. No, (laughs) seriously though. So, you know, it it is, it's kind of one of those like catch 22s where it's like, we're, we're, it's still a noteworthy comment by him. I think the idea of it being a guarantee is probably, has, was probably overblown. And I think, some headlines were maybe a little too strong. I would probably venture to say ours included. Um, but that's the headline you had to give because, like, technically, right? I, right, yeah. I know, and but but it's still noteworthy that he that he did say that. Well, and um, but in my mind, I think yeah. it's a good thing for Michigan. What? Here's, Why not? Here's the thing. Why would you not say yeah. that? You know, like, what's yeah. the what's what else do you expect him to kind of say? You know, yeah. There was somebody I think I, I said that tweeted that yesterday about I don't know how else you would expect a competitor to answer, and I think somebody responded with, like, well, you know, coach speak, and it's like, no. Like, if he believe, you know, he believes in his guys, what do you, well, you know, like, that's what you want. Like, that you want to have a guy that will stand up. Now, I'm not saying every time you have a big game you should have some guy come out there and guarantee <laughs> or, or half guarantee or do whatever he did. Yeah. But in this instance, you know, I mean, I feel like that. I feel like his comments kind of encapsulate the mentality of this team this year. And, I would agree. And, and, yeah. You know, and that's where I think he was going with it. I think that's just the way that they've been carrying themselves throughout the season. And uh, zero wrong, in my opinion, with what he said at all. And like I said, if you disagree, come on, you know, come <laughs> on, Get out of here. So I'm with you on the. This is this is not new. If you're surprised, or if you're like, oh, Michigan is brash now, or whatever, they've been like this. All year, all year, even after they lost to Notre Dame, they said we still can win a national championship. You know, they they had the revenge tour. They didn't just say, oh, we're really glad we avenged this loss to Wisconsin. Chase Winovich went out there and said, this is the start of the revenge tour, basically implying that they plan on beating all four teams before the games were even, you know, a couple games were a month away. And, And, you know, this is a team that isn't going to back down. And here's the thing, you know, with Higdon, if he goes out there and says, I'm not going to guarantee anything, what does that say to the team? You know, forget the fans. You know, the fans, obviously, that doesn't instill a lot of confidence from the fans. But, like, the players are like, wow, our team captain and arguably one of our top three or four players doesn't doesn't believe or isn't going to guarantee that we win. You know, because there, there are deflections that you could do. He could have said, uh, I guarantee that we're going to work as hard as we can or I, right, you know, I guarantee right. that that we're going to give it everything we've got. But one, what's the fun in that? You know, he's a right. he's 20 22 and so you know he's he's got a couple more games left. And also right. like again, they believe in themselves. They got a lot stronger. I'm going to have a story about this on Tuesday afternoon depending on when you listen to the podcast about basically right after Michigan lost to Ohio State last year, like the first thing Jim said, Jim Harbaugh said was Michigan has to get stronger. They have to you know, learn how to finish. They have to learn how to, you know, 
execute, but they also really just need to be a stronger team. They got a whole lot stronger, and we talked about it. Like 70% of the team gained 10 pounds or more this offseason uh, in a good way, right? You know, <laughs> Gaining 10 pounds for you and I, maybe not ideal, but for them, it is ideal, and they're finishing games better. Their second halves are better than they were last year. Uh, I mean, even against Indiana, what was it, 16-3 to in the second half? Like, yeah. quietly, you know, obviously, we're not going to talk too much about the game, but obviously it wasn't Michigan's best game. But if you look at that second half, I mean, it was, they did the same thing against uh, SMU, same thing against Northwestern, same thing against Wisconsin and Michigan State, uh, Penn State. Yeah, won, I guess would you not, argue but, they've won, they've, they've, I think they've won the second half in every game this year. Yeah, they've outplayed Notre Dame in the second half as well. They did. They did. It's I'd say Notre Dame, Penn State, and and a couple. Maybe there were a couple other games where it wasn't like that obvious. But right. there have been. I mean, they've been able to shut the door, and they could not do right. that last year. They got gassed in the second half against Penn State last year. They got gassed in the second half against Wisconsin last year, and then Ohio State. I mean, they led by fifteen and lost by eleven. Right. You know. I mean, yep. they got outscored thirty-one to six. To end the game, including what was it, seventeen to six in the second half. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and that's the difference of the game. So, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's stronger. They finish better. They have the offensive line. They have the passing attack that they did not have last year. They have the experience they did not have last year. So, I, you know, I think the one downside to the guarantee is that maybe you fire up a team, but I'm guessing out of the between the two teams, I'm guessing Michigan is more fired up by Karan Higdon. Kind of sticking his sticking his cleats in the sand a little bit there, and saying, "Yeah, we've got this." I bet they were more fired up by him than Ohio State was. I mean, if Ohio State's again, as you said, if they're like, "Oh man, Karan Higdon just said that he believes in his team. We've got this now." You know, like no, no way, no way. You know, those athletes are too good. Future NFL players. They're ten and one. They've got everything in front of them still. Just. No way that that was that much of a motivator. It might have like pissed off a couple defensive players, but like you know, it's not Oklahoma saying Ohio State's offense is basic or something, right? Like it's, it's, uh, yeah. So that's my piece on the guarantee. I think it's all. I think it's all fun too, kind of. I mean, um, yeah. You know, if you're one of those people that can actually just appreciate the fact that this is going to be a big game like it's supposed to be every year and you're not like walking on eggshells all week because you're just so <laughs> nervous that you can't even focus on anything uh, like a child. Uh, you know, this is this is the fun part of it is that these two teams aren't really supposed to like each other. It's supposed to be for all the marbles. It's supposed to be for everything, you know, in the as far as the Big Ten Conference is concerned. And, uh, you know, this is always kind of a cool byproduct of that, you know, and uh, – I mean, I guess that's kind of the way I look at it as far as, you know, the smack talk. and You can't tell me that the Michigan State rivalry this year wasn't more fun because of the pregame stuff. I know it was overblown, but that was, I mean, if you're a fan of the rivalry of either side, that's the kind of stuff you love. You don't want them to be like robot, business-like, you know, like coach speak all the way through the week and then show up on the field. You like like a little bit of the jabs here and there. No, I agree. Yeah, Like I said, you know, it's like, um, I don't know if this really fits in, but you know, it's just that's who Higdon is, and people sometimes can't handle somebody who's just straight up, 
you know, that's, that's why I say the people who think he should have answered in coach speak or answered with some, it obviously would have been uh, contrived. Yeah. It would have like, been a lie. Yes. If he yeah, said, if he you had know, answered it that way. And it, cause there, maybe there are there, I, I would assume, right. That there are some guys on the team who probably would have answered it that way. Not, and there wouldn't have been anything wrong with that, but he chose not to, which is really more of a, uh, a look into who he is, right? And and what and how he looks at things and he's not afraid to, you know, make it take a stand, I guess, or to 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 answer it honestly, you know, and I just I don't know. I guess it's a not a it's a win or there's a no lose situation, I suppose, in my opinion anyway. I again as somebody who doesn't think that this at the end of the day like if Ohio State is to win on Saturday, it will not because of what Karan Higdon said. Yeah. Yesterday. Well, it's not um, like he insulted Ohio State, right? No, not like, at all. Like, no. you know, he wasn't like, oh, because he was actually given multiple opportunities to do so. Like, someone asked, uh, with Ohio State's defense struggling, do you feel like you have an opportunity here? He said, uh, their defense is pretty good. Still got a lot of playmakers. We're just going to do our game plan. You know, and then I think he was asked earlier in the press conference, and I thought this was the more revealing moment of the press conference. Is someone asked, do you feel like your team's better than Ohio State? And Gentry, like you could see, Zach Gentry, he was right next to Karan Higdon, st- kind of started to go into coach speak. And Karan was like, yeah, we're better. I mean, what would it right. say about us if we didn't think we were better? <laughs> it's like, it's like. Yeah, it's kind of, a, yeah, again, just, yeah. And you have to kind of, yeah, it's also important to throw in that these are a lot of times are, when there's big national implication type games, you always tend to get a lot of really stupid or stupider than normal questions mm-hmm. at these press conferences. Uh, you know, and that's as somebody who really doesn't attend them anymore, which is awesome uh, that you, you do though in the, in the bigger games, you get more of a national flavor of media and you get just a lot of really dumb questions for the players and the coaches, the coaches uh, who are, more often than not fishing more for a soundbite than trying to get a story. Um, Correct. You know, because, because all eyes are going to be on this game. So it's time to maximize, uh, you know, and again, we published a story on it. We were going to, there was no way not, we weren't going to, but uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, that it's, uh, I don't know. You know what I, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I, I will say in the defense of the reporters, because the ones who did ask some of these questions, I won't reveal their names, but let's just say, uh, you know, especially the the one about, you know, do you feel like your team is better than Ohio State? I mean, that's someone that a lot of people in this market really respect. And, and really, I mean, these when these dumb questions come across, it's usually the editors that are yep. saying, because, you know, if you ask like a lazy talk about or you haven't done your research or it's just like that, that's one thing. But the guarantee one, I have a strong feeling that he was told to try to get that quote quote sure you know and in, in in that or that the reporter went in you know because a lot and you know it's like people get mad at the questions like a lot of times it's the editors and the editors are looking at what the fans want i mean the fans have been not not all fans i think this is the the uh the quiet majority that we don't really hear from on a day-to-day basis but i think there were fans who have been like waiting for like some Michigan player to have on both sides. You know, Ohio State fans have been waiting for like some be, some be like, oh, look at Michigan, they're arrogant again. And I think yep. there's been some Michigan fans who have been like, oh, when does uh, Charles Woodson, Braylon Edwards, Mike Hart type guy who just has this 
this confidence about him and isn't afraid to show it, when do they come back? And so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I, I think I wrote this in my story. Both fan bases are going to get exactly what they want out of this. Right. You know, if they oh, want it to be a big too. thing, yep. if they want it to be a to-do, they'll make it a to-do. If not, it's they're you know, we're going to hear from players tonight. So anyway, I uh, think that's all I have to say about the smack talk. Yeah, uh, I'm done. Yeah. So moving on, we got some other questions about the Michigan-Ohio State game. Again, I don't think there is too much to say about Michigan's win over Indiana. I, I will say, though, one thing that did come up, and I know you you talked how you wanted to address this uh, before the show. DNB asked, do you see OSU trying to motion Bush to the outside like IU? Do you think Don Brown could run some zone to counter that? So part one seems like an obvious yes because it worked. Yep. Kind of. I mean, you know, 20 points against Michigan might not sound like working, but it did. Right. I think I think you got to think Ohio State's going to do the exact same slant thing and screens and everything they can. Yeah, I mean, they're, just they're, like Northwestern and Indiana did. Absolutely. I, that, and they have the types of receivers that can do damage in those situations, you know, with KJ, the KJ Hill, Paris Campbell type guys that mm-hmm. can, that can be very dangerous in those, you know, more dangerous than anybody, Indiana or, although Nick Westbrook's a really good receiver for Indiana. Say, but, yeah, they've got a, um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, the KJ, yeah. KJ Hill, Paris Campbell, the guys I think of, uh, as far as guys that can make an impact in that uh, aspect of the game, you know, as far as, and, and yeah, I fully expect that they're going to be doing a lot of that. Well, they've been, Ohio state's been doing a lot of that all year anyway, against right. everybody. Right. But it fits. If you're Ohio state, it fits the way you could, should kind of attack Michigan on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it just makes too much sense to at least try it. Uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I definitely think they're going to try to move Bush around because there's the other thing. The one thing Ohio State's always done better against Michigan than anybody else is they've always been able to run it right up the gut better than anybody else against Michigan. And it, the mm-hmm. one thing, it, it always opens everything else up for Ohio State's offense when they can run that zone-type handoff thing. I know that Haskins isn't the runner that Barrett was or Pryor was, but you know they've always been able to rush it right up the gut gain significant yardage and then allows them to open up their passing game. And uh, so I, you know, and so Ohio state's best chance to be able to successfully run up the middle is to make sure that Devin Bush is not there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so, yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be kind of surprising if Ohio state didn't, cause I don't think Ohio state's going to beat Michigan by trying to run the ball to the edge. Just my opinion. I, I don't know. I, I just, their offensive line has been mediocre this year. Um, Michigan's been always they're excellent on the edge, I feel like, and, and that allows Bush to kind of do his thing too when you're running to the edge to edge. So, um, yeah, I, I think – will he run some zone to counter that? Uh, that's a, like you know they could. That's what makes Michigan's defense so dangerous is I don't think anybody knows what they're going to do. And, that, and, they're, and they feel – they like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they have so many different looks they can give you uh, that I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would have to imagine it in certain scenarios. It's it's going to be a real possibility. Uh, maybe show man play zone. Yeah. You know, I don't know like how that. much you know, how much like, zone they've run this year because it, it's one of those things where it's some, like but not a some but not a ton. I feel like they've actually I feel like they've actually not been that great 
yeah. specifically pass defense, like when they've run zone. Uh, I want to say they ran a little bit of zone last weekend against Indiana, and I think that was one of the plays where the middle of the field was wide, wide open. <laughs> uh, which, again, if they repeat that at all, uh, you know, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble, I think. So, you know, but yeah, I suspect it'd be kind of dumb on Ohio State's part to not try to move Bush around a little bit, get him out of the box. Yeah. A uh, similar, similar vein question from Gamecock68. Are you concerned that Michigan has not faced an elite passing attack this season? The most efficient passer they faced this season was uh, Wasink from Western Michigan. Will the secondary hold up or be exposed to some degree? So I actually really think this is an interesting question because the three most pass-happy offenses in the Big Ten are Indiana, Northwestern, and Ohio State. And I think Ohio State leads in pass attempts. And I would argue Indiana and Northwestern were Michigan's two worst games of the season. If you factor in margin, who they played, the circumstances. I, I, so, so I mean, I think it's a concern. I don't think Indiana torched them, but Haskins has that potential. He's got 36 touchdowns and like what? 3,300 passing yards this year. Uh, you know, setting all the records, throws a ton. They have great receivers. Uh, ironically, that that receivers coach is the new one is probably getting a raise. Uh, right. But you know, I mean, they're a great passing attack, and I think that is something that Michigan has not had to face. And like you think about the three best wins Michigan has this year, they played uh, Alex Hornerbrook, who turned out to not be. Very good. I th- was he hurt? Do you remember? Against Mich- against Michigan? Yeah. I thought he might have been coming back from something. Uh, uh, well, he's been hurt since then, but I don't believe he was hurt. I thought there was something with his leg. I, if, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But regardless, they played Lewerke, who I, I still, I'm, I believe, what Harbaugh had to say about that. I, I do think he was hurt. And they played McSorley, who was also hurt. Now, he was more limited limited as a runner like he still could have thrown but you know it's not like they've they haven't faced and none of those quarterbacks have been very good this year as far as throwing and so yeah they have not faced someone who's gonna make who's gonna make all those throws you know they didn't they didn't face David Blau they didn't face uh, Nate Stanley they didn't face Shea Patterson I'd say those three and Haskins have been the four best quarterbacks in the Big Ten this year Okay, so my rebuttal, I suppose, like a half rebuttal here is I think with Ohio State, I think they rely a lot on yards after the catch from their receivers. Okay. I would argue that Michigan's defensive backs being sound tacklers is going to be as important as just pure coverage because the flip side is, is that you know, Ohio State's offensive line is not great at protecting the passer at all. And so in, in scenarios where Haskins actually has to drop back, I feel like Michigan's going to be in his grill very consistently. And so I think that, again, like those other teams, he's going to have to rely a little more on the short passes, and, and, and Michigan just has to avoid deals where they're missing that first tackle as much as possible, you know? So, mm-hmm. cause the thing is, Indiana's actually got a really good offensive line. Uh, they returned what four starters. They, they returned everybody and yeah, they added including... a grad transfer from Miami. Right. Including a couple all conference level guys. If I remember right. Uh, right. I mean, there was one Clay, guy who was honorable Cron- mention. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they've got they've got three multi-year starters, you okay. know, third-year so starters. I mean, so, so, so I mean, you could say that Indiana's one of the better offensive lines because the thing is that I know the thing that you know I thought uh, Ramsey had quite a bit of time to pass actually he did. a lot on he did. Saturday, and that was that was one of the things that you know again I not again we're not going to talk much about Indiana, but you, you just don't know if there was the whole looking forward deal or whatever, you'll, it's a, it's a question or a thought you'll never, we'd never be able to accurately answer. So it's not really worth talking about, but it was noteworthy to me that it kind of felt like Michigan was not getting to the passer nearly as often as they usually do. So um, for whatever reason, you know, and so, but with Ohio state, you know, I thought. Yeah, like they finished they really... with two sacks and five tackles for loss, which is okay for an average defense, probably a below average showing for Michigan. Yeah, I'm trying to look here. Well, see, Ohio State only averages giving up 1.45 sacks a game. That's actually pretty close to where Michigan's at. But again, they re- they just rely so much on the short, the short pass. You know, the the two three step drop drop and throw, or the that like weird little pop pass to the guy in motion after they you know that all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe that's why. But I just I know that they've their offensive line is kind of looked at as looked upon as pretty average so far this year if not below average so yeah um yeah I, I i've know. i've heard the same i mean i've heard the same from from people who write for them so it's not a you know and, and i think the counter to the question michigan has not faced an elite passing attack like haskins haskins hasn't faced a defense like michigan's not even close you that's, know i'd yeah, say michigan is, state flip side. Yep. michigan state was probably the closest and they aren't known for being great in pass defense and also it's not like Ohio State steamrolled them you know I think Michigan's going to be the best team Ohio State has faced all year and I don't think it's going to be that close right you know the next closest is Penn State and Michigan beat Penn State by 35 points so yeah I think I think I think it is relevant I I really do think I I think if Ohio State's going to win it's probably going to be because Haskins is that much of the real deal I mean Michigan fans saw what he did in his uh, starting or you know key quarterback debut last year, and he's only been better this year. I mean, what a thirty-six right. to six, thirty-six to seven touchdown interception ratio. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's gonna get you. It's gonna get you far. And he's got a you know NFL arm. I would say, you know, his mm-hmm. numbers are are very good. But anyway, we got some other questions. Jordan Eggleston. We were just talking about offensive line, so this is a. A nice transition, but he said, what position group battle is more important for Michigan to win? Michigan offensive line versus OSU defensive line or Michigan defensive line versus OSU offensive line? And so this is an interesting one because I think I could probably talk myself into either side because we talked about Ohio State's offensive line is has numbers, but if Michigan can beat them, they don't have a quarterback who's going to toast them as much now he did run Haskins did, did run more against Maryland but right. he is not he's not JT Barrett he's not Braxton Miller he's not Troy Smith he's not Cardell Jones yeah I guess he could be Cardell Kinda Jones Card- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cardell wasn't really a big rusher I was just I was I thought Kinda there was one more good. in there that it that it burnt Michigan a little bit but anyway Michigan can get sacks if, if they can beat uh I guess I can go back to Troy Smith but right uh Michigan's defensive line, if they can beat the offensive line, it will mess with what Ohio State can do because they don't have 
here's the thing. Ohio State, maybe they don't allow a lot of sacks, but they are not mowing teams down with the offensive line like they have in the past. No. And they are not, you know, they're... Their running backs are, are having nice seasons. I, I think Dobbins has got to be close to 1,000 yards by now. Uh, you know, Weber's been hurt. But this is one where if they if they get, if they have a pressure rate of like 25%, Ohio State might be thrown for a loop. And 25% isn't especially high. So I think I, I it's amazing because, like, I would say Michigan – Michigan's offensive line is the reason why it has its best chance to beat Ohio State in a long time. But you would almost wonder if the defensive line, a good day from the Michigan defensive line, could that cause more damage? Because we saw last year, Ohio State's offensive line was not ready for what Michigan's defensive line had going. And all of a sudden, the Buckeyes are on the ropes. You know, when they were a vastly superior team last year, in my opinion. So... Uh, yeah, although then you could also look at 2016 and say if Michigan had a better offensive line, they win that game. Right. I think it's Michigan's, I think it's Michigan's offensive line because I, I'm, I'm just a big believer in, you know, Haskins, yeah, throws the ball. They throw the ball a lot. They've got a pretty good passing attack, but I just, I'm still an old school guy. I think whoever runs the ball more effectively on Saturday, I think is going to be the team that wins the game. You know, like think about, you know, yeah, Ohio State's got a great passing attack. Haskins threw 73 passes against Purdue. What did that get them? Got him. <laughs> he threw 73 passes? Out. Yeah, in one game. What? Yeah. <laughs> it got him run out of West Lafayette. It you did. Know? So, like, yeah. I, you know, and, and they weren't able to rush the ball. I have to look, I'd have to look at the box score for that game, but I'm pretty sure Ohio State did not run the ball well at all. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, they, Weber had ninety. Weber had forty-five yards. Dobbins had twenty-four. I mean, <laughs> they, so that's what 60, 69 yards out of your best, your best two running backs. Uh, Haskins was forty-nine for seventy-three for four hundred and seventy yards. Good grief! Uh, and only and only two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so well, and um, that's that is a, a major focal point of Mich- of Ohio State's run offense. They for some reason, maybe it's because there's less space to work with. Or because the defense is on its heels a little bit, or on its toes a little bit more. Brutal, brutal in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, it, they go from like five yards a carry, five point five yards a carry, to like two point seven. Yep. It's and that's yeah, and that's because that you know, and they've they did a little bit against Maryland. They hit a couple nice deep balls, but they I don't recall if they've really been. Uh, that's another area of their offense that you you know that's what Ohio State. It's very it's simple, but it's what Ohio State's always been so good at offensively. They'll pound you in the middle. They always got a good big back, you know, who can get you five or six up the gut consistently. And then they then they do the play action. The quarterback takes that half step forward, drops back, and then he's got a receiver wide open down the field for an easy touchdown. I mean, they've been doing that for years. Well, since Meyer's been there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and they haven't. Like, I don't necessarily know if they've had the consistent deep threat. I know McLaurin's made a couple big plays from the last couple weeks. Really, he you could argue he's been their most important player the last two weeks. Uh, and I think Johnny Dixon's made a couple plays, too, uh, down the field. But not maybe what you're accustomed to, I suppose, as far as, you know, they don't have that no-doubter uh, that you can go over the top to all, all day, you know. So, uh I, so I think it's Michigan's offensive line versus Ohio State defensive line. Other reason why 
is because like you know Ohio State I feel like is going to dink and dunk a lot, and I think that's going to neutralize Michigan's defensive line fair. to some extent. Yeah, yeah that's a fair you know, point. and so I think right, and so uh, for Michigan, I think for Michigan to win the game, I think it's going to be them what they do, them doing what they've been doing all year, which is running the ball effectively, uh, not turning the ball over offensively, and uh, you know, kind of setting things up for the passing game. Yeah. I don't know. My yeah, opinion. No, Again, I, you're I, right, though. You're right. It could be either way, I think. I mean, that, yeah. It I, always comes down to the trenches, you know? So. Well, doesn't, doesn't Michigan have that stat that they have not lost a, a game under Jim Harbaugh when they've run for at least 130 yards? I think it is. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's absurd, right? <laughs> like, well, and, that, and, 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 and that's, you know, that's one of those stats that really makes it hard to want to pick against Michigan in this game. Maryland rushed for almost 300 yards in the first half on Saturday against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Now, is the same Ohio State defense going to step on the field on Saturday? I don't believe so, obviously. I mean, it's still a rivalry game. These teams, are they're, they're still talented as heck. They always have been. But – I also don't. I'm also not sure if I believe that they're going to just patch all these issues that they've had defensively up in a matter of like, you know, five or six days. I mean, I don't think what happened against Maryland was Ohio State looking ahead at all. I mean, Ohio State was fortunate to win that game. You know, that this wasn't like a they came out sluggish and you know then kind of thought, oh well, we got to pick it up now and then kind of took control and like they it was the game was in doubt. I mean, they didn't lead until they they won. Is that until so? They scored in overtime. Huh. You know, and so it was like they were, they just looked completely out of sorts, you know? And so, yeah, and like with when Michigan's so good when they run the ball and they're running the ball better this year than they have under Harbaugh at all, and Ohio State is really struggling to stop the run, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. No, I, I, I whatever. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to some of that stuff in a, in a moment. Uh, by the way, stat to back this up. Uh, Football Outsiders does some interesting stats. Rushing explosiveness, Ohio State's defense is 125th out of 130 teams. Man, that is just, with all the talent they have, that is insane to believe. Yeah. So so we got another They're, question. Okay, if, we can, if we can switch gears. It's, it's along the same lines. How does Michigan's defense stack up against Ohio State's? I think, I think that's what this question... They might have been asking Michigan's defense versus Ohio State's offense, but... Let's do defense. Let's talk Ohio State's defense because, yeah, I mean, it's uh, basically 68th against the run and S&P rankings. You know, just Which that's better. That's better than I thought it would be. Well, you know? I mean, they held here. They held a lot of. T- I mean, they have done fine. You know, I think I think the Nebraska, Purdue, and Maryland games were probably their worst sure. games of the season. Other than that, I mean, they beat Penn State when Penn State still had. You know all this juice. They beat them in a whiteout. You know, and Penn State looking was, like a good team. They right. beat Michigan State soundly. Now that was kind of a weird game, but they did beat them by twenty uh, on on the road. You know they they blew out everyone else that they were supposed to blow out. So there have been some holes. I'm curious. Like I, I really do think it's going to be going to come down to how much Michigan can run the ball because Higdon is. I mean, he's probably the best running back Ohio State's faced this year. You know, I think the McFarland-Ty Johnson duo is very good at, at Maryland. But other than that, they haven't really faced a running back like Higdon. You ready, Zach? Go ahead. 
Darius Anderson for TCU, 12 carries, 154 yards. <laughs> okay. Trace McSorley, 175 yards rushing. DJ Knox, 128 yards rushing. Okay. Mohamed Ibrahim, Minnesota, 157 yards rushing. Third string running back for Minnesota, by the way. Divino Zigbo had 86 for Nebraska, and Adrian Martinez had 72. Anthony McFarland, 298 yards okay. on, 20, on 21 carries. <laughs> you can see where that's you know, a little bit of an anomaly. Right, but still, but, but still, I mean, it's. I guess this is, the way, this is the way I'm looking at this game. I just listed pretty much every legit team that Ohio State has played so far this year. Yeah, the only person you're missing is LJ Scott for, yeah. You mean as Stevie Scott for Indiana? Both Scotts. You, you, oh, well, Michigan State didn't run the ball well against Ohio State at all, but Michigan right. State has not run the ball well against anybody all year. Correct, uh, yeah. Stevie Scott for Indiana had uh, nine carries for 64 yards. So still almost – that was more than seven a pop. But overall, not really effective. That being said, Peyton Ramsey was 26 for 49 for 322, three touchdowns and no interceptions, though. So, um, you know – uh, it's and we've seen how well Michigan's run the ball and it, it to me it's like it's I just feel like I don't know I feel like Michigan is gonna have to lay the proverbial egg to not win this game based on everything unless Ohio State comes out and just pulls a complete 180 um, just based on you know again if we're talking about how important it is for them to rush the football and, you're, and I'm literally listing every opponent, basically, they've played all year. They've yielded significant yardage to their backs. You know, you have to think that Higdon is going to have a good game. I mean, it's just, you know, you know, I don't know whether that turns it into an automatic W or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know. Again, I, this is kind of feeling like the Michigan State game to me and the idea that if this was like, if the, if the stats on paper were the same and they were playing like, any other team, yeah. Yeah, if they were playing like Minnesota or something, that we would be predicting like a two or three touchdown win again. And this is the same stuff we were saying before Michigan State. The only thing was is there's the voodoo factor, you know, or the mental hurdle as far as going on the road and, and beating these one of these teams, you know. So Well, and Ohio State is 10-1. and one. You know, we talk about how they don't look very good, but they have beaten, you know, I, I listed who they beat. It's... They do have pieces, but it is very interesting that I think that big play defense, uh, you know, where they give up the big plays, I think they're 105th overall in big play defense, 108th, actually. Uh, Michigan's had two weeks where they haven't had to do anything. Yeah. So I have you a know, question. Or show anybody anything. So. so, you know, you mentioned all the different running backs and what they did. I'd say, I mean, Pacheco getting. 100-plus yards, 150 yards. Stevie Scott getting 139 yards. I mean, couldn't you technically be looking at the same thing, you know, and say, like, oh, well, is Michigan's run defense in trouble? Have they lost their way? Um, I, it's just the thing about that is, so Pacheco had one carry for 80 yards and then sure. had 15 carries for 40 yards. That's still not, um, I mean, for, for a Rutgers team? For, yeah. Rutgers through for 40 yards <laughs> uh, you know so like so like I'm talking about Ohio State holding Stevie Scott to under 100 yards rushing against Indiana but then Ramsey threw for 300 plus and three touchdowns um, you know or like yeah we go to Indiana here 
you know, Ramsey, I, I, Indiana's offense was the most effective that Michigan's faced this year, in my opinion. I mean, because Northwestern, I think the thing with Northwestern they was field position. And Ram, that, and I think, you know, Thorson just made some like NFL level throws too, which again, ha- that's the other thing is Haskins is w- more than capable of doing the same thing, obviously. Um, Scott was also the most effective back they faced because he was consistently gaining yardage, but his yards per carry only ended up being 4.6. I mean, that's, that's good against this defense, but that's not like sound off the alarms, you know, right. in my opinion, I okay. suppose. So, um, but I agree. And, but then it goes back to the unanswerable question of, you know, was Michigan, you know, it's always when they're playing teams that we know that they're supposed to beat or that they're heavily favored against the questions always about, well, how much is Michigan going to show offensively? Well, you could make the argument that on the it could be on the other side of the ball too. Maybe they were really conservative in how they approached the game defensively too, because they felt like they could overwhelm these this team and, and win the game without giving Ohio State a lot of looks. You know, like that again, it could be 100% wrong. Maybe Michigan gave it, you know, put put a, a you know big game game plan in on Saturday and they didn't execute it properly, but. Uh, that's got to be within the realm of possibility, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, when you're playing an inferior opponent the weekend before your big rivalry game, that you're going to maybe play the game a little bit conservatively and, you know, approach well, that's it a little bit differently than you would in other games. Auburn and Alabama literally started just playing FCS schools. <laughs> like It's just, it's right, just one of those yeah. things. Yeah. I, yeah. I really hate that. But anyway, so maybe that didn't answer the question. To me, I think Ohio State's defense, uh, v- very good defensive line still, even without Nick Bosa. Uh, you know, Chase Young's a monster, and Dreamont Jones is really good. They both could be, you know, first Jones or second awesome. day. Jones is a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah, they both could be first or second day um, NFL draft picks next spring. Is, is Young old enough now? I think he's a junior. Young? Chase no, Young? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Then Michigan yeah, gets to deal back. with him next year. No, uh, linebackers, I, I like Tough Borland, but they have not done well. The linebackers, that's to no. me, that's like their big, their big issue. Which I, I would be curious if Michigan's best, because I'm thinking back to maybe when Michigan's offense was at its best and when it wasn't. Because I'm like Northwestern and Michigan State, it struggled. They have really good linebackers. Wisconsin, right. it took a little while. Good linebackers. Uh, I don't know what to make of this Indiana game. Not not quite sure how much I want to read into it, but you know, the, all, those three teams I just listed have better linebackers, in my opinion, than Ohio State does right now. At least as far as performing in games. And so, maybe maybe that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, between the end zones, is, is you look at where Ohio State's defense is weak. It's probably. Uh, the big plays, safeties, linebackers. Maybe that's something to something to to consider. I don't know. Right. Uh, there's there. I mean, they're obviously susceptible. That's I think that's the theme here. Mm-hmm. This is a defense that Michigan should be able to move the ball on if they, you know, if they execute effectively. And they've executed effectively pretty much all season. You know, outside of what the first half against Notre Dame. You know, I mean, otherwise they've, they've, the more comfortable that Patterson's gotten, the more effective the defense has been and, or the offense has been. And Ohio State has not shown any ability throughout the season to, you know, slow good offenses down. You know, that's the thing is like Maryland is so one dimensional. 
and they just yielded. They were yielding big play after big play. Um, granted, Pigrom ended up hitting a couple of really nice passes, which was out of character for that for their offense. But by and large, throughout the first three quarters of the game, you know Maryland was running mostly. It was all running the football, and they were doing it incredibly effectively. You know, and it's like. I don't know. Yeah, I just they're they're very susceptible. Like I said, I think it's going to be a it's going to take a 180 from the second level of their defense to you know to really to slow Michigan down enough because then <laughs> otherwise then Ohio State's going to have to hope that they can outscore Michigan. Uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the mental, you know how mental these rivalries have become for the fans. It's like how many fans have you seen this week that are like, what if Ohio State's just luring Michigan into the trap by playing poorly against all these yeah, how, teams. How stupid is that? I mean, they almost cost themselves their entire season last weekend. Like, yeah, like that was all some kind of happening against Nebraska too. Right. You know, that this, so. is, this is like some, like they're playing rope a dope, <laughs> you know? And, and then, and, and by saying that you're also implying that Michigan's going into it thinking, well, you know, they're not as good as they usually are. So we can just kind of, you know, like Michigan's not going to approach this game any differently if Ohio state was, five and five than they would if they're 10 and one right now, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and they yeah, are just, 10 and one. It's not like they're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one right, more, yeah. one more question about the matchup. Uh, Matthew Kibalowski said, rank the special teams players. This should be quick. Rank the special teams players that will mean the most for this game. Will Hart, Jake Moody, Quinn Nordine, uh, Peoples Jones, Ambry Thomas. Gotta think that the field goal kicking is most important. Uh, you know, punting, I think, because you are going up against a borderline All-American punter, you know, in, in Ohio State's guy. Um, but I mean, you got to put points on the board. You know, I disagree. Disagree. Do you disagree? Go ahead. Yeah, I think I think punting, I think field position is going to be critical in this game. I think it's the same deal as it's been. Is if Michigan, if Michigan wins the field position battle in this game with that defense you know, enforces Ohio state, you know, drive in and drive out to have to drive the field. You know, I just, I think Ohio state is going to have a really hard time in this game. Like, you know, I get that. I mean, points will, if I, I don't know, I just think it is. I do. I think field position is of the utmost importance in this game because it just, it allows Michigan's defense, to, you know, it gives them, it gives the number one defense in the country more field to work with. So if you're winning field position more consistently, you're forcing Ohio State to beat the best defensive unit in the country more consistently to try to even get in position to put points on the board. So, um, by the way, know, I'm, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm done. I'm okay, because um, Ohio State's punter is just ridiculous. Drew Chrisman, yeah, 46 punts, 24 have been inside the 20. Not one has been a touchback. Yeah. And 20, no, he... 20 of his punts have been fair caught. He's allowed nine returns on. 46 punts. So Peoples Jones is probably toward the bottom of the list because I don't think they're going to give him a chance to breathe. I think. I, uh, yeah, I agree. And and uh, what was I going to say? He, uh, I would argue if Ohio State was being honest, I would probably venture to say that, I don't know, maybe outside of Haskins, that Chrisman's probably the most valuable player. Those, this, like, those stats that you rattle off right there are like, Nobody, nobody like, has a twenty-four to nothing inside yeah, twenty versus like touchback ratio. Kid in a candy store, happy for if you're a, <laughs> if you're an Ohio State coach to hear that stat. I mean, it just Will it makes, Hart is eleven to eight in that ratio. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Um, and and they knew they learned last year. You know, if you give Peoples Jones a an extra couple steps or go for a couple extra yards when you could go for an extra second of hang time, uh, I I just I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna do that. And I think uh, Blake Hobble Hobbiel is similarly good uh, in in the return game. I mean, they they're fourth nationally in defensive starting field position. So where their opponent sets up shop, it's. So, so in that regard, yeah, I mean, you know, it probably is going to be one of those games that, I mean, how many, how, how critically important has field position been for Michigan, Ohio state in every close game in the last decade, I'd say it's been pretty important. So yeah, I, maybe, maybe I'm thinking more on the line of like, if Jake Moody or if the field goal kicking goes three for three versus one for three, I don't know. You could think be about right. this. Like, think, think about like you know. You talk about field position. Uh, you know, Michigan should have beaten Michigan State like forty-two to seven because they owned field position the entire first half of the game. You know, and so like, not that if, if they. I mean, if they get into something, if they get into something similar than that, you'd suspect that they should have an easier time scoring on Ohio State's defense than they would have on Michigan State's defense. I think by and large, right. Um, you know that that. But wouldn't be, you argue then that the field position was irrelevant because they didn't win forty-two-seven? No, I don't think so. I mean, they they controlled they controlled the entire first half of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, if it, it's, I mean, granted that game was just kind of a, an oddity. I mean, the only time Michigan State scored was they got the ball in the Michigan seven and had to run a trick play for a touchdown. But um, no, I mean. You know, having having control of the field position, you know, for that long of a period of time is that's a, that's a huge impact on the outcome of the game. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it doesn't. So, um, no, I disagree with what you said. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 for me, I think the return people are return men are probably the lowest. Um, I agree. I would I would I would say field goal kicking just because I think I think the if you have a an average, if you're thinking like average, above average, below average, I think you cannot have a below average kicker on Saturday and expect to win. I I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's being over dramatic, but uh, just from what I've seen, feel like feel like you can get away with Will Hart being like maybe 37 yards net per punt. Net per punt includes the returns, by the way. Uh, Anyway, so we'll we'll disagree on that one, uh, but we gotta we gotta wrap up. Oh, one quest, quick question: Shane Majewski said, "What's more likely to happen? Michigan makes it to the playoff and wins the semifinal game, or Michigan lands Crouch, Harrison, or Karlaftis? It is very, very, very hard to imagine Michigan landing three additional five-star recruits on top of the two that they have, or I guess they have one one now because Hinton got moved down, but." Uh, Yep, and this is the part where we don't talk specifically about which ones they're going to and not going to get. I will say we will, we will both uh, we would both guess that the semifinal is more, winning the semifinal is more likely. Yeah, if right? you okay. if you want to conjecture who might be more <laughs> likely, you can check out the Michigan Insider and twenty four seven Sports dot com. Go look at the crystal ball feature. We have that for a reason. Um, uh, there's no there's no striking updates on that and if, if if we did have striking updates it'd probably be on our message board first um so 
sorry to disappoint, but not not a lot to add there. Just statistically, much more likely <laughs> that Michigan will make the playoff and win a semifinal game than land four to five five stars in a recruiting class. Anyway, over unders. Uh, I had a good week last week. I won five to two, so I'm now within four. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, this this time we've got 14, not 10. So we'll, oh, we'll go geez. a little quicker. We'll go yeah, a little can quicker. Can we just whiz through these then? Yeah. Well, because we've, we've done the whole hour of preview, basically. Uh, okay, so okay. number one, 7.5 rushing attempts for Patterson, not including sacks. I'm going to say over. I think they've got that. I think there's some read option, RPO things that they, they've been saving. I, re- I really do. Over. Yep. 99.5 rushing yards for Higdon. He's done it eight times this year in 10 games. So I'll I'll say over. I don't think Ohio State's run defense is quite what it was in the past. I don't think Michigan's going to be stifled like that. It's got to be. Like, I just listed all of the guys that they've given up over 100 to. And right. <laughs> Higdon's, better than, Higdon's better than at least half of those guys, if not more. Yep. He might be the best one. I mean, it's got to be over. Yep. By the way, Michigan has never lost when Higdon's run for 100 yards. So they're in big trouble if if that's not over, then Michigan's in big trouble. They probably lost they've probably lost the game if Higdon doesn't hit the over on that. In my that's my opinion. Unless it's unless like the Chris Evans show, a, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. unless somebody else has a big game. Somebody's uh, got to come close to that. 29.5 passing attempts for Shea Patterson. I'm going to say under. I I mean, has he done that? He's done that what twice all year I guess this would technically be a game where that would be a thing I I think it's going to be under I I don't have a ton to say about it just just feeling it based on the weather and what I expect Uh, Michigan to do I I agree I think it's under I think they think they can I think they believe they can win by running the football on Saturday 29.5 oh sorry that was the same one uh (laughs) 5.5 catches for Michigan's leading receiver uh, interesting. I'm gonna say under. I mean, we saw against Indiana, and I get Indiana's a different kind of team, but they were just fine spreading out the targets. Not one receiver had more than four targets, and eleven. I'm sorry, twelve receivers were targeted. Uh, seems like that's been a increasingly common theme. I do think they probably lean on People's Jones and Gentry a little bit more in this game, but I don't know if they get six catches. I'll say under. How many different guys caught? Wow. Um, and it's this is all in the first half, too. It wasn't like yeah, they waited until the blowout. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, boy. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to say over. I think, again, I just – who on Ohio State can cover Gentry? You know, I, I don't know. I think Gentry is maybe a guy that's going to have a big game this, this weekend. Well, I'm with you on that one because our next one is 59.5 yards for Gentry. I'm going to say <laughs> over. I think yeah, this I'm is say over too. I I it's it's kind of he hasn't done that every week, but I think this is one of those weeks where they really try to hit him hard. And I I wonder, you know, they went after McCune a bit more, and they went after Eubanks a a, a bit more on on Saturday. I wonder if that was in part to kind of well, watch for Eubanks on Saturday too. He's been he it seems like every big game has yeah. been a big play guy for them, and I love the way that they've been using him too. You know, it'd be nice to see. I think they should maybe try to get him involved even a little bit more than they have, uh, you know, in my opinion. But either way, though, he's been very, very effective yeah. uh, when they've used him properly. 
He has. He has. It's amazing how it seems like every time he is wide, wide open. Yep. Like the team just forgot to guard him. Uh, But he's he's also like a – that's the thing is he's also a plus. Like he's kind of like – I don't know. He's sort of a wild card as a guy that like is a plus plus athlete though, that you can, is a guy that they're not featuring a lot. So you don't pay him a ton of attention, but then all of a sudden he's blowing right by your linebacker. Right. I mean, that's what he, on that play against on the, he made that big play against Michigan state down the sideline is exactly what he did. I mean, he came out of the backfield and then just blew right by Michigan state's linebacker and was, was wide open, you know, made a great catch. He's been, he's had sure hands too. So mm-hmm. Uh, 49.5 yards for Michigan's longest play. I'm going to say under. I don't have much to – Ohio State does give up the big play. I just don't know. I don't know if Michigan gets one over 50 yards. Um, Clicking on something here because I just want to see again. I'll have to see if I can find the scoring. I want to say Maryland broke like – seven plays or something of over 50 yards. In this it was game. at least five. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was an, an insane amount. I, I think Michigan will get one. So I'll go over. Was okay. it was one, the was one, the over, right? Uh, longest play was 49.5. So yeah, I think they do it. I think they do it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Again, nine... I'm just, I'm just playing the odds here. The odds are that they should, right. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 9.5 touches for Chris Evans. So rushing attempts plus, Catches, not targets, but catches. Boy, that's a good one. Um, uh, under, I guess. I don't know. That's a tough one, man. Oh, he did have ten carries last week. Uh, I'm still. I'm gonna. I'm gonna side with. I'm gonna go with the uh, again. Play the odds here. I'm just gonna say under. Fair enough. I'm gonna say over. I think he he had a big game against Ohio State last year and arguably should have had a bigger game. I think Michigan probably regrets not featuring him more. Uh, and I think, I think he's kind of been building up to it. It is kind of an I, interesting, I, I agree. There. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Michigan has eight plays of 50 yards or more this season, 32nd nationally. So uh, hmm. you're right. They, they're yeah. good for almost one per game and maybe and against Ohio State's uh, giving them up a lot. Yes. You know, so the odds, I just feel like, whether it's a touchdown or not, I don't know, but they just just the odds are that they're going to give a big one up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's that's very fair. Let's see where Ohio State. Ohio State is 118th in the country, giving up 11 plays of 50 yards or more. I'm going to switch that to over. Yeah, see, I just think again, unless they just pull a complete 180, but how often have you ever you know, it's like we broke down Michigan State for how long, and that game ended up playing out about the way we thought it would, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we kept – the only reason that you're – if you're saying under on that, the only reason you're saying that is because you – again, it's that whole voodoo, like, you know, Ohio State's going to play the game, like their best game of the season by a long shot, and Michigan's going to play their worst game of the season. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. only way you can – so. So I'll say I'm switching to over via when you're keeping score. Uh, 9.5 touches for Chris Evans. I'm going to say over on that as well. I think, I don't know, call it a hunch. I think he's going to have a have a big game. I think they're going to, I think they've had some packages that they, this is the, uh, what's that bias where you almost want to like will it into existence. We've been talking about use Evans in the passing game and 
And, yeah. you know, it's oh, like I, they've got to have those packages now, right? And so, but we saw them do that last out. year. Yeah. Split them out, man. I mean, yeah, because, yeah. you know, whether it's the bubble screen stuff or I, I'm not a big, I, I like him just putting him in the slot, kind of like what the Lions do with Theo Riddick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I think that's an area, I think that's a something where Evans could be, because we've seen how da- he's, he's the most dangerous player on the team in the open field, you know, and, and I just, even as we stand here now, I, I just don't feel like they've done a good enough job of, of getting him involved in that in that aspect. So, but Saturday's a great opportunity for them to do that because of, you know, what we're talking about with, mm-hmm. you know, them being susceptible to the big play. And he's one of those guys that quietly is is a potential big play machine if he's used right. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I'm going to say over. Next one, switching to defense, Dwayne Haskins, 6.5 rushing attempts for Haskins, not including sacks. He has 43 such rushes this year. He definitely had more against Maryland. I I, I don't know. I'll, I'll say I'll say over. 15, 15 carries, over. He's going over yeah. for sure. I think he has to. That's true. And in, the, well, that's the, you know, Michigan has, that's the other, again, you know, and you saw it again, again with uh, Ramsey, you know, that's what Ohio state's always been so good at. Well, Haskins did it last year when he came in. Yep. 22 yards. He's not even a rusher. A he had that down. third. Yeah. You know? And so I, I definitely think he's going to have to run more. What was it? Five times? 6.5. Yeah. He'll, I think he'll run more than that. Non-sack. Unless they throw Martell in there a bunch and, and use him as sort of that dual type guy, which a very real possibility. Well, I was just going to say our next one is 4.5 QB snaps for Tate Martell. I don't know how many he's going to get. I think he'll get at least five. I, I think I, I agree. I think that's a package that they think that they haven't. I mean, think about it. Notre Dame basically knew Ian book was the better quarterback and put Wimbush yep. out there. Yeah. And they basically, and SMU had a three year starter who has, you know, 7,000 career passing yards and they throw, uh, was it William Brown out there? You know, because yep. it's a spread guy. I mean, I gotta th- gotta think that's part of Ohio State's game plan is let's see what they can do against Martell. Obviously, they like Haskins. Haskins, I think, will get the lion's share of snaps. But uh, you know, especially if if Michigan gets out to an early lead, does Ohio State try to pull out all the stops? Right. So, no, I agree. I think I think both I think both quarterbacks will have to run the ball a little bit more for them if they want to mm-hmm. be effective. Uh, J.K. Dobbins has 915 rushing yards. Does he get up to 100 or more for this game? So 99.5 over or under? I don't know. That's the toughest one so far. Yeah. I no, I don't think he does. If only because I think Weber also plays. Right? Does that make sense? I mean, I, I, if do Dobbins we know what the latest only, with him is? Is he going to play? I'm pretty sure he'll. I'd be shocked if he didn't play. That's Mikey's kind of like what Winovich is for. Like he's the type of guy he wouldn't. I don't think he'd miss this game unless he absolutely couldn't go. And like everything, everything from last week really strongly sounded like that. It was precautionary more than anything with him. So okay. I'd be really surprised if he didn't play. So I'm going to say under for that reason because I don't think Dobbins is going to have to carry it 37 times like he did against Maryland. I'm going to see if I can gain some points here. I'll say over. He's a good oh, player. <laughs> he is a good player. And I, I do think I don't think Michigan's run defense is in trouble as much as the stats suggest. Right. I do think they could give up 
maybe a couple couple drives. Um, I mean, Dobbins has been they they've been pretty pedestrian. I mean, Dobbins seventeen for fifty seven against Penn State. Yeah, I'm doing this more to catch 10, up. Ten for yeah. thirty five for against Minnesota. Yeah, for some reason or another, they. I mean, because only four four point seven yards per carry. That's it's not bad. It's not good in college football. And I mean, he was at like seven point five last year. So something something is different. Maybe Michigan knows how to stop it. We'll see. Uh, but as you said, they they Ohio State has a track record of kind of you know they're probably going to be able to move Bush away. Uh, that that offense I think is going to be create some open opportunities. Anyway, three hundred thirty four point five passing yards for Ohio State. That must be what Haskins is averaging. Uh, hard under. I don't think they're going to throw for three hundred thirty five yards. Again, they're losing if he does. They give up 300 yards passing. That means that they really struggled. <laughs> I mean, have they have they given that up at all this year? I can't imagine. I don't think so. I mean, they're averaging only giving up like 120 passing yards per game, lead the nation. So you're right. If they, if Ohio State triples that, uh, could be could be a long day for Michigan. So I'll say under. I, I want to say Thorson for Northwestern has the most against Michigan this year, and it was 174. Is that really? That can't be the most. I mean, unless Ramsey, unless Ramsey outdid it this weekend, which he may have. Ramsey actually. had 195. Yeah, so I bet that's the most. I mean, who else would it have been? It wasn't Maryland. It definitely wasn't Nebraska. It wasn't either the. <sighs> no, it wasn't Wisconsin, Wisconsin Michigan State, Penn State. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that had to have been it. Yeah, unless so, SMU or Notre Dame got something, but I don't think they did. Um, no, Notre Dame. Uh, Wimbush had 170, and uh, SMU. Let's just check, just to make sure. Yeah, no, 113. Total between the two? Well, no, sorry. Hold on then. Maybe this was it then. Uh, 195. So the same as – so Indiana and SM – no. Okay, sorry. They had that trick play for 14 yards passing too. So SMU technically has the most passing yards against Michigan. Okay, and they just got over 200? Yeah, and again, it was with three different passers. Yeah, well, Total. and it was a blowout game where they right. – Yeah. Tough, tough number, Via. Not, not your best. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna both yeah. say under. Although if we're wrong, we're gonna feel pretty dumb. Uh, three Don't and a half. Feel dumb. It's the odds say that there's a very small chance of them doing it again, right? I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. Yeah, sometimes people make these numbers and they know something, right? But yeah. <laughs> uh, three and a half sacks for Michigan. You mentioned they only give up one point four per game. Michigan quietly has not been this sack machine team uh i have no idea if winovich is going to play if i was reading between the lines of what the michigan players said yesterday when they were asked about winovich they almost said it as if kind of what they say when players are like out for a few weeks you know it sounded a lot like how they described Tariq black like oh you know he's still out there he's still active it's great to see him around the facilities things like that it's like oh okay so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say under they are going to pass a lot. Maybe that increases the sack opportunity, but Ohio State does not give up a lot of sacks, and I think they know how to avoid it, so I'll say under. Under. I agree. Uh, one and a half plays of 50 yards or more given up by the defense. If I'm not mistaken, Michigan's only given up four of those plays all year. Uh, yeah, they are, they've given up two. They've given up two plays of 50 yards or more. So I'm going to say under because they have not really done that all season i think they can give up one i was, I, I, I was gonna say i wait so it's 1.5 is the over under yeah 
Oh, well, because, I th- yeah, I was going to say, I think they can give up. I think they'll give up one. I don't think they'll give up two, though. So I'll mm. say under. Kind of amazing. They've only given up two all year, and one of them was that Rutgers, Rutgers. one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's just. I don't even know. What the, what's the other one? Was it the second touchdown pass against Notre Dame in the end zone? I could have been. Was it was only a, was it was only like fifty yards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I yeah. I just don't think they're gonna as as you said. You know, as long as Michigan tackles like they usually do, I think they'll stop a lot of the uh, of the opportunities. Michigan wins the turnover battle by point five. So does Michigan win the turnover battle or not? So far this season, you know I'm. Michigan is on pace to set a school record in fewest giveaways. They've given up. They've had eight turnovers in 11 games. School record is 11, so kind of depends on how many games Michigan plays. But uh, wins the turnover battle by .5. They're 14th in turnover margin. Ohio State. And by the way, this is not an uh, indictment of what Ohio State's defense is doing because they have lost – what, seven defensive backs in the last two years in the first or second round of the NFL draft? I mean, yeah. that's... that's. I think they talk about the DBU for recruits and stuff. I mean, I think Ohio State has as much of a claim to that title right now as anybody does. I, I mean, not only I are agree. they... Put, yeah, not only are they putting guys in, but these guys are all playing at a high... I mean, Marshawn Lattimore was one of the best corners in the NFL last year as a rookie. Von Bell starting for New Orleans. I mean, they got mm-hmm. pros... Uh, all over the place in the defensive backfield. I was gonna so, say, yeah, I they've mean, lost a ton. If yeah. you're a, if you're a defensive back from Louisiana, <laughs> and their entire Saints starting secondary yeah, yeah. is Ohio State, yeah, and then they've got they other ones elsewhere. Eli Apple, yeah. didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot they traded for Eli Apple. You know, he's another one too. And then, uh, you know, I don't think Kendall Sheffield's anything spectacular, but Sean Wade is kind of next for them at corner. I mean, he's going to be yeah. a stud. I think he's yeah. had some freshman struggles this year, but he's got all the tools to be a big-timer. So uh, so as far as turnover battle, they, they're plus four, so they're 37th. Michigan is plus eight. They're 14th. I I think this That's is a, a one. big difference maker. I'm going to say I'm going to say Michigan wins the turnover battle. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I think I think this is that one year where I think Michigan's got the offensive competency to avoid some of those mistakes. Because you know if they win the turnover battle in either of the last two years, who knows? Maybe they win. So I think I think this um, is the year that that changes. I've got Michigan winning the turnover battle. I, I mean, it's, turnovers are always just such a wild card. Even if teams have shown tendencies of not turning the ball over or turning the ball over, it's just such a wild card. I guess, I mean, I guess I'm going to agree with you uh, just because I think there's a better chance that Michigan can get to Haskins and maybe force him into some hurried throws and create a couple turnovers or hit him and force the ball loose, right? I just think that they have a better chance of doing that than Michigan does with Patterson. Right. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I know Patterson's only thrown a few picks this year, but he's a different passer when he's when he hurt. I mean, his interception against Indiana was a complete panic throw, you know. Um, so, you know, I don't know if Ohio State's pass rush is has some success. You know, that's always a possibility. But again, I'm, I'm going to go with the odds and say agree with I don't know, the under over whatever you said. So, OK, <laughs> Um Yes, Michigan will win the turnover battle. That's our prediction. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, that was it for them. Do you do you want to do a score prediction? Or you just want to save it. 
I'll save it. Okay, so check now. it out at the Michigan Insider. Yeah, if we if we do it Thursday, I think it's different, but it's yeah, it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. I still haven't done my uh, my previews. I do usually do three or four or five preview stories, so um, we'll save it. Check it out at themichiganinsider.com, 247sports.com slash Michigan. Check out all of our stories there. We're writing a lot. It's a busy week. Uh, we're working hard, so hopefully you appreciate the coverage. But for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. And we'll see you next week.